Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Episode 177. Yes, you are in the right place. This is Business of Design. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kimberly Selden, an interior design professional. And I'm feeling perky today because I got myself a haircut, which was really, really fun. There is a woman who does my makeup for me when I go on television. Her name's Teodora. She works for a company called My Beauty Crew, and they will just show up at your door, do your hair. Anyway, she was nearby, and so we set up a chair outside on the lawn, and I invited a couple of girlfriends, and we all got haircuts. And one of my girlfriends said, oh, how fabulous, a salon. Get it? L-A-W-N. Anyway, hilarious, feeling good. It's nothing like a haircut to kind of make you feel like life is okay. And as if that wasn't enough to be excited about, we have the most amazing episode and three fabulous Business of Design members. Each one of them is so special and running such an interesting, mature, efficient, effective, thriving business, we have to have them on independently. But you get all three of them today, and it's really a treat. So who's running your business? That was the question we asked. Is it self-confident you? Is it frightened you? Is it fear of future you? Or are you like me in the early days where I turned my power and therefore my business over to a contractor or a tradesperson or my accountant or almost anyone who could take the responsibility of running a business off my shoulders? Because frankly, it was too much for me in those early days. I was having a hard time with it. Not so much anymore. And definitely these three women you're going to meet have figured it out as well. Let me tell you about our three fabulous guests. I didn't know which order to go in, so I just went in the order that they showed up to the Zoom call in. So I'm going to start with Holly Gagney. Holly says her life didn't really start until she found interior design. It was a second career for her. She has a Master's of Interior Architecture from the Boston Architectural College, and she's been running independent design projects since 2007. I love this idea. Her studio is in an historic barn setting. Holly specializes in renovations and additions and new construction projects where she can have a strong hand in designing the interior architecture. Guest number two, Phoebe Russell. Phoebe has an incredibly interesting pedigree as well. She started her business in 2008 after getting an interior design degree from New York School of Interior Design. During college, she worked for Schumacher, which is pretty cool, and Victoria Hagen. Wow, that had to be an incredible education. And you can see some of that sensibility in Phoebe's work. Her website's beautiful. Actually, all three of them have beautiful websites. Phoebe's firm consists of two full-time employees as well as a part-time draftsperson, but she also considers the professionals at the workrooms she hires and other industry suppliers to be part of her team. Phoebe is known for calm, clean interiors, and she achieves that look by blending 
complementary patterns, soothing color palettes, unique furnishings, and of course, she always has her eye on the details. Guest number three, Justine Sterling, has an international pedigree. Justine's journey began about 30 years ago in Cape Town, South Africa. She's a graduate of Cape Technion School of Art and Design. She loves art and organization, which suits a career in interior design, but she also loves finding structure in chaos. And you'll hear her describe how much she loves the planning part. Initially, she worked as a hospitality designer in Johannesburg and continued in the corporate world after she moved to the United States in 1999. Justine has one full-time employee, and she also has a purchasing and expediting team that she relies on. And all three of them rely on the wisdom of the trio as a group. They really have found their tribe. And that's part of the conversation we're going to have today as well, that finding that tribe They almost become like a board of directors for your company. And that group can give you a renewed energy, passion, and confidence in running your own business. I know this to be true firsthand because I rely on you, dear listeners, and especially Business of Design members, to keep me on the straight and narrow. I will sometimes find myself at a juncture where I know the right thing to do is the hard thing to do. And I want to take the easier, softer way. And I think, now, what would a business of design member say to me right now if I told them I was going to make this bad choice? Or what would a podcast listener say to me right now if I told them I was going to make this bad choice? So I have you guys sitting on my shoulder, and I'm so grateful for your wisdom. This conversation was so interesting to me. We decided to divide it into two parts because it really was two separate conversations. So today we're going to talk about confidence, about delegating, about that sweet spot of being an expert on a project and knowing what you're good at and being able to say yes or no, depending on what works for you as the business owner. And in part two, we're going to talk about licensing and creating a niche for yourself and finding vendors who you want to be responsible for so you can produce the most integrated results for your clients and provide clients with a single front as a team who is working to fulfill on their vision. That's part two. Part one is really good. We're going to jump in right after we hear from Cheryl Horn. Hey, Cheryl, it has been a couple of crazy, insane weeks, I have to say. We've got so many big initiatives at Business of Design that are about to be unleashed on the world. We're so excited to give birth to these. And I may have let something slip that I promise I wouldn't. Oh, no. What did you do? I mentioned that Business of Design has a whole new level of membership coming, which ties in really nicely to the conversation we're having with Holly Phoebe and Justine today. I let slip what we're calling it as well. Oh no! But we're going to beep that out. I'm surprised we haven't had to beep out more on this show. (laughs) That's a really good point. In the meantime, we have an amazing webinar coming up with Brad Kleinard. Control your money, control your life. Brad is going to teach us about financial literacy and advocacy. I am going to share, because it's been requested so many times, what my P&L looks like. What are the categories and how do I set myself up so that I can 
look at my books on any day of the week and see where I'm at in terms of profitability. But really, Brad's going to take it from there and he's going to talk about creating independent wealth and simple strategies for being financially literate. This is the webinar I, I wish I had heard and heeded when I was 30 years old. Cheryl, tell us the details. So coming up on Wednesday, July 15th at 1 p.m. EST, we have a paid webinar with Brad Kleinard on control your money, control your life. So it's two hours long. It's $195. Complete details are on the website and registration is open. We've had a lot of interest in this one. It sort of picks up where business of design um, leaves off. Once you have those systems in place and you're dealing with a great bottom line, what do you do with that? What do you, what do you take away from that to really plan out your future? You are absolutely right. It just picks up where business of design leaves off. I love that. <laughs> Cheryl, thank you so much. Now go, no and, we'll, go and beep out the episode. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Well, hello. This is a Business of Design podcast. First, we have not one, not two, but three amazing interior design professionals on the show today. And I've told everybody a little bit about each one of you, but just go ahead and say hi. And to get things started, I would love to hear each one of you tell us one thing you are expert at. So tell us your name so everybody can identify whose voice is whose. And then tell us one thing you think you're expert at. So my name is Justine Sterling, and I'm an expert at space planning and understanding how the volume of a space and the layout and flow and how that is just as important as the selections or the design elements within the room or in an entire home. Um, I really think about more about how all the individual parts make up the whole um, and understanding space and volume is um, super, super important. And I feel that my space planning and attitude to that and how that brings um, all of my interior design projects to another level is really what sets me apart. I can totally relate to that. And I would even go so far as to say that that's my sweet spot. And I don't feel like I'm as good at any other part of the job. That's where I feel like I'm in my happy place. So I can confess that here. Hopefully my clients aren't listening, but thank you for sharing that, Justine. How about you, Phoebe? Uh, yep. Hi, this is Phoebe Russell. I, I, I am an expert at the details. I think, um, when I was younger, I'll tell a little story. My mom used to give me a puzzle and my brother a puzzle and she'd say, do the puzzle. 
And I'd always start with the puzzle from the inside out. And my brother would always start from the, doing the outside and working in. And I think that that idea of, I look at the details of, I'm extremely interested in how the doorknob talks to the trash can even, or the doorknob talks to the flooring. So, and I apply that to sort of all elements of my business. I, I'm very thorough and I think about how everything connects um, from a design perspective, as well as a financial perspective, as well as an operations perspective. That's amazing. I love the idea that uh, the beautiful things we purchase on behalf of our clients are talking to each other when we're not there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And last, but of course not least, we have Holly. Hi, I'm Holly Gagney. And I would say that I am an expert at being a feeler. Um, and sometimes this is a detriment. Most of the time, it's a really great thing. You know, I, I always take the technical side of design really seriously, but ultimately I come down to what my gut is telling me. I can go into a space and I can, you know, feel it and feel what's going to be right. And I can listen really deeply to people and sort of feel what emotions they want to get from their space and from their design. And I can translate that into physical elements. That's beautiful, actually, to hear each one of you discuss kind of a sweet spot in your process and how that can translate for our clients. And it's so important to understand that because when you go out into the world to sell your services and sell your value, you have to understand what your value is. And any single one of those descriptions would be very attractive to me as a consumer, as a client, as a client. So really well done, everybody. One of the questions that prompted us having this conversation has to do with who's running your business today. Do you guys remember that kind of brief conversation we had? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Who's running your business today? Yeah, I can speak to that. Uh, it was something, I, it was a question I had heard, uh, who is running your business today? And it's something that I started to ask myself, am I going to, who's, who's running the business? Is it my confident self or is it going to be my fearful self? Um, is it going to be my brave self and my grateful self? Who's running it? And I think um, how I see that that connects the three of us, Justine and Holly and I, is that running a business is tough. Uh, that's the truth. I mean, it's, we, we oftentimes are independent entrepreneurs and, and we obviously have our employees to lean on, but having, um, a group of women that we've found the three of us where we can talk about top line issues keeps us brave and keeps me brave and keeps me confident and determined. Um, and allows me to go back to that question of who is running it today. And, um, you know, the, having us together as a as almost like an executive board, um, we we lean on each other in in that way. Yes, an executive board. I love that idea. Go ahead, Holly. Yeah, I was just gonna follow up with. Um, sorry, <laughs> editing um, is wonderful. So you don't even have to worry about that. <laughs> I was just gonna follow up with the fact that. Up until probably about a year ago, um, I think I let a lot of other people around my business. And it may have been contractors. It may have been clients. It may have been 
different accountants that I sort of bounced around and always defaulted to whatever they said. Yes. It may have been, um, you know, employees or other people that I interacted with in the industry. And until I could stand there and say, you know, this is my business and I'm ready to take charge, um, I couldn't ever sort of be the person who ran my business. And I do feel like that's me today. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a little bit on that thought, Holly, on um, for me, and I think like you, Kimberly, I have been doing this in forever, for what feels like forever. I left high school, jumped into design school, and I've been doing interior design. But when I came out of my hospitality and my commercial background, which was my first, say, 16 years in the business, and took the, well, made the switch, I should say, to residential design, I thought that having all of those, all of those years of experience, I was like, I have got this. Like, I know everything. I've, you know, run small design <laughs> departments. I have handled big teams of people doing interior architecture of, you know, millions of square feet of space, you know, all over Cambridge. And then I came to realize, again, just, recently that and especially going to your business of design conference that uh that certainly um put a put a trigger on it but i realized that i didn't know everything i don't know all the answers and i need to succumb to that and knowing that i needed to do that really put me i think in a really good place to you know find holly and phoebe well it's interesting phoebe mentioned the executive board and the reality is when you have an executive board, you're, you have that board so you can tap into other brains because it's not possible for one person to know everything. And I had this same experience, Justine, where I thought, yeah, I got this. I'm on fire. And then it took really humiliating failure for me to fall flat on my back and say, okay, looks like I need to get some humility here and start asking for help. But that brings up another tricky problem. Where do you get help? If right, you guys, I'm sure before you found each other, had a, had a lot of different design friends that you probably talked to about business, but they weren't helpful because they weren't running the kind of mature, effective businesses that you want to run. So mm -hmm. go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was just agreeing with you. I think that, um, that we all have our employees and we have like Holly was saying, we have these, I run into the same thing where I, I spent a, a lot of years tr trying to figure out, you know, and still figure trying to figure out who is the best person to talk to. And what I've come to find is a, the first, you know, I need to lean on into me. I need to lean into my, and have faith in the fact that I, I have good ideas and how I can run my business. But I also need to be aware that I, that I don't have all the answers and I need to, you know, utilize the right people to help me get to those answers. I also have to check in with, is this, am I leaning on fearful me? Am I leaning, leaning on brave me? Am I leaning on, oh my God, please someone help me, me, <laughs> right? Go ahead. No, I think that, you know, all of us started in design because we were feeling the need to be creative and have a creative outlet I don't think most of us start design because we want to be a business professional. And there's just not a clear path to do both. You know, I spent five years in a master's program 
and there was one class about how to run a business. Um, and it was really geared towards commercial design, not even residential. So I was sort of let loose into this world of you just got to figure it out. And there's, especially in the design industry, there's just so many multifaceted paths that you can take. You know, you can be a stylist or you can do interior architecture and the paths are so different and so blurred. And so, you know, being able to sort of, I went through a lot of people, a lot of relationships that probably were ultimately a little bit of a disservice and kind of holding me back. And once you find those people who are on that same trajectory and that same path and they're in the same place, it's just sort of magical that, you know, you can get an answer and you can get somebody to kind of give you some confidence immediately. Well, you mentioned people off the top that, that, you know, who's running my business. And you said, sometimes it's the contractor, sometimes it's the client. And that ties in really nicely with what you just said. The reality is I, because I didn't know things and because I had so much fear, I looked to those outside sources to tell me how to run my business. And because design school didn't tell me how to run my business. So I looked to those outside sources. I thought, you know, surely the contractor knows how to run the business, but come to find out the contractor knows less than I do about how to run a business. And so it takes a while even, I think, for you to realize that you haven't even been given the tools you need to start your business, right? Right, exactly. Right, yeah, I feel that the, um, the, the, the contractors out there, or at least of recent, I've, since, you know, Holly, Phoebe and I have been meeting and um, just working more on my business, um, it's interesting how even my conversations with them are changing because I feel that I'm coming to it from a place of a little bit more confidence. I feel that they can also learn some stuff from me now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This is a perfect place to pause and hear a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, Phoebe is going to talk about delegation and how this whole COVID lockdown situation may actually have helped her come to terms with how to do it more effectively. Hey, you fabulous design professional, you. I would like to tell you about article.com. Full disclosure, they're sponsoring the podcast again. We've worked with them before, and you know how picky I am about who gets to sponsor this podcast, so you know I like them. Article.com is an online-only furniture resource. I bet you're using more of those these days. If you've never been to their website, what you're going to find is a great, robust catalog of furniture that really makes sense right now. Think mid-century modern meets Scandinavian simplicity. Really gorgeous stuff. They have a full professional trade program that gives me exclusive pricing and tax-exempt purchasing on everything in their catalog, which is amazing. And the article team is made up of industry professionals who really understand the complexity of the work we do and are there to assist us with product sourcing and even finding the right item at the right price for your client. I'm all for anything that makes my job easier and, of course, that makes me look good and makes my clients' homes look good. Go to bod.article.com to register. That's bod.article.com. You'll be glad you did. And thank you, article.com, for your support of Business of Design and the work we do here. And now, back to the show. I find, too, that... um 
with the coronavirus happening, I've noticed that uh, something I've always struggled with is delegating. And, you know, I started the business on my own and I, and I spent the first, I don't know, five years doing it all on my own until I hired my first employee. And with COVID, I've noticed that I have two kids at home under the age of six and no nanny. <laughs> and so I'm working as we all are, I'm trying to balance my family life and my work life and my own, you know, taking care of myself. And I've found that um, coronavirus has kind of pushed, forced me to say, Phoebe, what do you really need to do on your to-do list? Like, what can you give to other people to do? What can you delegate out? And I've found that doing that has given me more confidence because I've been like, no, you can hand that off to your office manager and she can probably do it better than you or make, make your business shine more. So I think that there's been a blessing in this time um, for me that I've learned to delegate a little better and it's making me a stronger business leader. And hopefully I can carry that through, through, you know, for the, after this is this, this uh, stay at home order is over. Yeah. And I would follow up on the kid piece. You know, all three of us have two children um, and we're all doing the homeschooling thing and trying to run our businesses. But even before this time, it was really hard for me to go out to all the networking and design events that happen. Um, getting away to the conference was amazing because I could actually really immerse myself, but that's rare. And I think to be able to consistently have people to talk to that doesn't require you to go to an event and to do this massive networking and to do something that, you know, as you're trying to balance your family and work and all these other things is really feasible and you can get right to the meat of what you need and start instead of trying to like wind around and, and figure it out and try and find it. Right. And we've been keeping each else each other, I should say, really accountable. Um, and we have been meeting literally every single week since COVID started. We had a little dinner, which was right around the time that COVID was starting. We didn't quite know where it was going and how bad it was going to get. I don't know if you girls remember, we met at um, a restaurant and we were having one of our little meetings. I can't remember exactly what we were looking at around the table at the time. Um, but it was really a, our own little mini business of design um, team meeting and trying to sort of understand principles more and steps more. And the next week we were at home and we were all talking and we just decided that we would set up a Zoom call and what was one Zoom call has now turned into, I don't know how many sort of weekly now, almost 10, I guess. Um, and it's really helped to have us have this, um, like Phoebe had said, this or this executive board where every time there's something on our minds or if we just wanting to work through contracts that week or whatever is really hot on the heels of what's happening with COVID often is what we'll discuss. And it's just been wonderful and honestly takes a lot of stress away. Yeah, we actually get very detailed into fees. Um, we share our fee amounts. We share contracts. And I feel like it's so much more, the information is so much more important and viable because it is related to the exact climate that we're in. And we can kind of keep each other consistent um, 
if we're, you know, tackling how to be an interior designer in the same space, just different clients, it kind of creates this really nice, you know, comfort of we're sharing the same experiences and the information is just that much more important. So often we hear people be concerned about sharing with someone who's in their same market. You know, if I help this person who's in the same market, she might get mine. You know, that's kind of the mentality, but I've never really subscribed to that. So it's really nice to hear you guys say that. It's helpful to us too at Business of Design because we are launching in September a new level of membership called And it's all about um, the kind of open communication you guys are talking about and keeping each other accountable and all that kind of stuff. I was thinking back to what Phoebe said about being kind of forced to delegate. A real changing point, a tipping point for me in my business, Phoebe, came when I realized that I didn't just have to delegate, delegate those tasks that I just didn't have time to do, but I could actually intentionally delegate tasks I don't like to do. That was a game changer for me. It's like, yeah, I could do it, but I'd rather put a pin in my eye. So I'm going to figure out how I can give this to somebody else who actually thinks this is something fun to do. Does that resonate for you guys? Are you kind of thinking you might be getting to that point? It completely resonates with me. I, I am starting to feel what you're talking about. I mean, I, I've, I've heard you say that before. I was at the elite retreat. Um, and I think you had said that as well. And I'm like, man, I could give to some of these things away. Like, I don't love to read to some of the financial sides of my business, the, the deep, real deep, when you're getting really deep into the details, some elements of those, someone else could analyze those. And then I could look at them from a, from a bird's eye perspective. And I love that part. Um, and someone else could do that. And I felt that that was so freeing. And I felt that that was a, I, an improvement in the way that I lead. Because, yes, I love that. And I think it's a sign. It helps me know that I'm growing. And I love that when you said that to me, it really resonated strongly. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that we've shared in our conversations every week is just, you know, who are the staff that you have? What do they do? What do you have them do? What does that look like? Um, even, you know, what what do you pay them? And that like just being able to have that conversation with somebody else gives you even more confidence to feel okay about doing that. Yeah. And building your business. I think that, um, you know, making that, that first full-time hire or, or, or second employee is what, you know, what gives you or what makes you realize how crazy you've been when I remember making my, you know, first full-time employee and I suddenly realized how many tasks I was doing that were frustrating me and kind of holding me back and also holding me back from um, the standpoint of not making as much money as I could. You always think you're going to hire someone and you're going to make less money, but it's actually the opposite. And you can actually make a salary for yourself um, and, you know, build, build your business and knowing that other people can actually help you with those tasks is, um, is something that I always recommend to young business owners. And yet getting back to what Holly said off the top, you know, who's running my business? Is it an employee? Is it a contractor? Too many times I hired someone and said, okay, this is all hot mess. Can you fix it? Mm -hmm. 
And it turned out to be a huge waste of money. And it also was, it just wasted what might've been a great employee. Employees don't know how to fix your design business. If they did, they'd have a design business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that I really struggle with, and it's a personality thing, I call myself the type A feeler. And so I want to do all the things. I want to do them perfectly. I want to be super detailed. I know how important it is. And then I get in front of an employee or I get in front of a contractor or a client and I think, oh, I'll just, you know, do whatever they need me to do right now because I want them to feel good. And, you know, having this group that continually just kind of drills, you know, your process, the, the steps and how we want to run our businesses and literally continually refreshing each other every week and bringing tricky situations up and all of us just sort of holding hands and saying, no, we're not going to let you do that. Um, Mm -hmm. It just has helped, you know, going back to the beginning, just gives you so much confidence to say exactly what you need to and not waver. And say no. Yes. No, Kimberly, you told us to say no. Yes. Definitely saying, saying no a lot more and it's frightening. Yes. It's the most frightening thing. We, you know, Holly and Phoebe know of something recently and I, I, you know, I'm really glad about the final decision that I'd, I'd made on something and it was really having both of them, I think, as um, sounding boards um, to feel confident in that decision. Well, you know, the, the thing is sometimes... Uh, and I'm with you too, Holly. I feel like I'm an empath. I can kind of feel what's happening. And you tie that together with being a people pleaser. And you have a real problem on a job site because sometimes I do know better than the client does, or I do know better than the contractor does. And I have to be really courageous and speak the truth and sometimes say no, as Justine says. And the fact of the matter is sometimes that's better for them. You know, I used to think, if I just do whatever they want and I turn myself into a pretzel, I'll make them happy. But the reality is I didn't make them happy and I made myself crazy. So now sometimes I, I say no and they seem momentarily unhappy, but long-term super happy. I think we can all track, you know, when we say yes to something that we know we shouldn't, we know exactly what's going to happen. And when it happens, we know when it happened. Um, and it just, it does, it takes experience saying no, um, and confidence and just, you know, taking control of your business, um, to really change that. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And getting the right group of people in your corner matters a lot. So as you know, speaking of the right group of people, you guys are definitely in my corner. Uh, we like to end every episode with design intervention. What comes to mind? Um, this is Justine and, Mine was, if you're unsure how to react, then don't. And it's something that I have to keep telling myself every day. And especially during this time of COVID and being at home and all this uncertainty, it's very grounding to say that to yourself when you get that email or you get that phone call or you get that request for a new project and you're just not sure what you should be doing. Just take the time, talk to your tribe, if you have one like me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Holly and Phoebe, and just think long and hard before 
you react um, or have gut reactions to to what clients um, often expect from you? Oh my gosh. I just, I have got to take that to heart because if you're an empath, if you're a feeler, right? What the reaction is, oh, okay, sure. If you need that, absolutely. Um, And it's really important, as you say, to take that beat and really consider which one of my selves has shown up for this answer. Is it confident me? Is it brave me? Is it chicken shit me? (laughs) Who's here today? (laughs) My um, piece of advice is about perfectionism. Um, I think for me, I went into this industry because I love beauty. I love, I, I, I'm so visual and I see things around me that are beautiful and I crave for that. And I, for a while I attached the way to get the beauty is through perfection. And that's just never, perfection is, is an unattainable goal. But what I take from that concept is that if I keep striving to be excellent, I, that's the best I can do. And that will create that beauty. So instead of replace the word of being excellent, instead of being perfect. I love that words to live by you guys. Thank you so much. What a great conversation. I have no doubt the three of you are going to be so successful, continue to be successful. And you've got some kind of like mob boss thing happen for the area of Boston. So you could be (laughs) in the design syndicate. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for having us. And you are really the one who brought us together. Um, I had never been to a multi-day business of design conference. It was amazing. Um, And I think we were all kind of at the right point to meet each other there. So thanks for bringing us together. Yes, here, here to that. And thank you so much, Kimberly. This has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.